You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a very special semi recap, semi preview for Survivor Winners of War as we finish up the penultimate episode heading into the finale. And uh, if you've seen our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter in the last uh, day or two, uh, you already know who our special guest is today. We actually have one of the contestants who is still out there playing, kind of, who's still somewhat in the game and may very well come back. Who knows? Uh, we are going to be speaking to Parvati Shallow, who still could be the winner from Winners at War. We'll just say as a setup, you know, we had a, a tight time window here. We only had, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes with her. Uh, so we did try to squeeze in as many listener questions, just talk about this season as a whole uh, with her as much as we can. Uh, if you listen through past the end of this interview, we will have a, a bit of our panel here discussing the most recent episode and then, I guess, quick predictions on uh, what we could expect out of the finale. But uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy for the first time on the Oz Network and the first time on any Oz show in many, many years, Parvati Shallow. <laughs> Uh, we've been bringing you past winners all season, so we figured what else could we do with one week before the finale but to bring you a past winner who may also be a future winner. Uh, we are talking to Parvati Shallow here, Micronesia winner, Heroes vs. Villains runner-up, multiple-time jury player. You've pretty much done it all on Survivor more than anybody else. Thanks so much for coming on here. Awesome. Thanks, Paul, and I like that intro. Very well-rounded. i'm crossing my fingers there's still a chance for you because i mean this is interesting that you know you're you're on the jury but you're still kind of in the game we don't really know we got a couple of days to wait still i mean what was it like for you out there you know when you're playing the game still but you're technically on a jury i mean how do you even go into something like a tribe like the tribal council that we saw on wednesday you know two back-to-back tribal councils and you see somebody voted out are you thinking in your head okay, this is a great move, I could reward that, or are you thinking, okay, what do I need to do to get rid of this person once I come back in? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's the great thing about The Edge is we are all on the jury and everyone's sharing information. So people are coming back from the game and they're, as they're getting voted out and they're telling us everything about what's happening in the game and who's making what move and whatever. So everyone on the edge is like, oh, well, if this person's left in the game, then we're 100% all going to vote for them to win. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that is on my mind. And then I'm thinking, okay, whoever's just voted out, I have to beat this person in the battle back challenge to get back in in order to have a chance to beat the person who everyone is telling me is going to win the game. So no matter what I do, that's going to be my number one goal once I get back in the game is to get rid of that person that everyone's Mm -hmm. like oh hands down they're winning this season seems completely different as well you know because a we have edge of extinction did you know going in that there was going to be something like edge of extinction or are you just thinking you know i signed up for another heroes versus villains oh no 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 i knew something was going to happen because i was a short i was like i am not leaving it my 10-month-old baby to go back and be voted out first because people are threatened by me and I know that I'm going to be a huge target and it's going to be even harder for me to shake that than it was the previous two times I played Um, because people know that I can come in and be a number one target and then make it all the way to the end. So I'm like, I wonder if these people will let me do that or not. Um, So I had a a very strong sense that we were going to have something like Edge of Extinction, like a chance to get back in once we were voted out. And, and I mean, the whole old school and new school thing, I mean, that obviously 
played a part to this season. Um, I mean, you were out there, so you know a lot more than we do. Uh, what we kind of saw was a you know a lot of the narrative of okay, there's a different game being played with new school players versus old school players. Did you kind of get the vibe that it was just two different you know types of games from the players out there, or was it more something along the lines of you know I think these new school players are so threatened because there is such a huge target, not just because you had won before, but because all these old school players you'd been around, you were there at the height of popularity, so you just you have so much more name value to you, right. Yeah, there's some of that, and there's certainly a bond that the new school players have. That's like, oh, we have to, we have to do some really big moves to prove ourselves that we were worthy of our win. I know I certainly didn't feel that kind of pressure. I don't think Rob or Tyson or Ethan felt any of that kind of pressure to like prove that we were worthy to win. So the new school players mm-hmm. are coming in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder around the old school players, thinking like, well, we can't let them get far because they've already had their time in the sun. Now it's our turn. And I really sense, I did sense that. And a lot of the newer school players were like locked boxes around me. Like I could not get Wendell to speak more than two words to me. Nick was just kind of like always shuffling away. And I was like, wait, guys, come back, come talk to me. And they, they were just like always avoiding me at all costs. And, you know, I think it was just like they didn't want to open themselves up to that um, to even having a possibility of being taken out or <laughs> exposed. Um, so, yeah, like the new school players for sure bonded together. And then the old school players, I think we automatically gravitated towards one another just because we have a similar style to showing up and playing the game that's a bit more loyal, more laid back, more willing to stick together for the long haul rather than having to make flashy big moves all the time and like improve anything. So there was a very specific and distinct dynamic between both factions. But the thing is, we were all the new old school players were fully outnumbered by the new school, and it's a numbers game. Did you notice like the guards came down a little bit once you got to extinction? Because you know, obviously, I, I don't know how much you would know going in, but uh, multiple people come back from extinction, and I would think that that would be an opportunity to maybe let the guard down and say, like, hey, you know what, you know, we were we were targeting all you old school players, but. Now I actually see there's potential that we could work together if we were to both end up back in the game and we're still there at the end. Yeah, not many people were thinking that optimistically once they got bored out. <laughs> I like where your mind is at. Like, really, it's positive. Um, I think mm. what you're neglecting to take into account is so many people thought that they were going to win without getting voted out. So the ones that mm-hmm. got voted out that some of them got voted out and were just crushed. We're just like, well, I don't know if there's even a remote chance that I can get Mm -hmm. back in the game. Or they felt like a failure or humiliated or something. Like a lot of people came to the edge and checked out. That was my experience. And then I, like, I was one of the few who knew that there was this extra game going on on the edge. Obviously, Natalie knew about it. Tyson, Rob knew about it. But a lot of people on the edge didn't know about it. So they also had nothing to, like, look forward to. So their spirits became more and more demoralized day by day as time just keeps slogging by. So the Mm -hmm. hardest thing on the edge is really, like, grit. is having the ability to keep yourself in a positive mindset moving forward engaged and focused and like clear that my my opportunity here and my goal here is to get back in the game and 
I am getting, that's why I'm here. I'm getting through this experience so that I can get back in the game so I can win. Did the peanut butter help that? Because believe it or not, like we got multiple questions about the peanut butter <laughs> and I guess I the amount of food out it. there on Extinction. <laughs> I believe it, man. The, like, peanut butter, the peanut butter chronicles were a game all to themselves. There's so much <laughs> that you didn't see and it is thick and rich and creamy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly the peanut butter was something that helped fuel my motivation and it just gave me a little something to look forward to would go and sneak off and have some at night and I shared the jars I bought two jars of peanut butter with my tokens <laughs> initially and I gave one to Rob Amber and Natalie and then Ethan me and Danny shared one and we would just sneak off and have peanut butter every now and then and it was just like this fun little game where we were scurrying around the island hiding our peanut butter and just enjoying ourselves for the moment <laughs> rare moment that we could yeah peanut butter safe but that's probably what kept you, you know, with your morale in the game, whereas you said others kind of check out. You know, you, I got peanut butter. It's something. <laughs> I am telling you, you're right. It's true. <laughs> it was like this one moment of I have, there's something to look forward to. And, and a little secret. And it was like, Ethan and I would go at night, we'd get up when everyone was sleeping and go eat some peanut butter from our jar and just like giggle and have a moment of friendship. And we're just not seeing a lot of that on the edge during the day. People are just yeah. very exhausted, kind of a shell of themselves, and just totally totally checked out and resigned to being miserable. A lot of people are. Uh, now, with uh, with this season, you know, I, I guess the big difference we saw earlier on, you, you mentioned it several times throughout the season, was like your game, maybe not, not so much your game, but just you as a person were so completely different. You, you played single the first hundred times, and you kind of hung your hat on that. I mean, that, that was part of who you were and this time coming in you know a wife and mother that that obviously had a big change in your game i think specifically about nick who's saying like oh you were my survivor crush and everything like you know would you see that your game would have been completely different you know if this were 10 years ago and you had somebody like nick coming up to you you know would you have worked with him differently i mean yeah of course like 10 years ago when i was single i was using that as my number one strategy to work with people with the the flirting mm-hmm. and the flattering and this time no I couldn't use that this time and I would have been such a skis also Nick's engaged so it's <laughs> totally inappropriate yeah. but <laughs> yes 10 years ago maybe Nick and I could have Nick could have been the, the next Eric Reichenbach who knows what would have yeah. happened if it was <laughs> a decade ago I could see it happening yeah, yeah. But, like this time I knew I was coming in, I have a child, I have a husband, I am in a totally different place in my life, and it it was important for me to show up in an authentic way and be myself mm-hmm. now as this version of me, and to try to pretend like I was my old self would have been so awkward and strange. People would have been so weirded out by it. I couldn't have done it, but I did notice that people mm-hmm. still... People still painted me in the light of Parvati, the Black Widow Brigade leader from season 16, and the one who, like, got one over on Russell Hansen, Heroes Villains, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, did double idol play. Like, people still were putting that on me as if I was the Parvati who played 10 years ago. So no one was really seeing me in this new light of this, like, nurturing, loving, uh, collaborative, supportive, like, mom. Mm -hmm. even though that was really what I wanted to play up, it didn't work for me to play that up. Like, people were not 
they, people were still considering me as a huge threat, even though I was, like, trying really hard to just be this, like, different, to be seen as this, like, mom type, but it didn't work mm-hmm. out for me. A couple of listener questions. I should say a couple. We probably got more just in the last couple of hours since we had post out than anybody 24, 48 hours notice that we've had all season. So I'll just quick fire a few of these here for you. Um, f- first of all, Dan Sokol, a loyal listener of ours, uh, says, how much food was there really out in the extinction? And then uh, do you have any great Natalie stories? Dan, come on. Are you seriously asking about food on extinction? <laughs> That's a joke. There was no food. We had to walk up this slippery rock, and we had to make sure we were going when the tide was out. So sometimes we'd have to wait until, like, later in the afternoon before we could make this hike up this insane treacherous rock to get a handful of rice for each person that was there on extinction for the day. And sometimes we were so desperate that we would separate our handful of rice into two servings. So we would do morning rice and evening rice, and it was so sad and pathetic. So, yeah, no, but I have a ton of really great Natalie stories, but we just don't have time to get into it now. So if she can yeah. come to DM me and I'll do, maybe Natalie and I will do an Instagram live for you guys. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be up for that. Ivan Ornelas has an interesting question. Uh, uh, who do you credit the most with your vote out, Yule, Nick, or Wendell? Um, you know what? It was really every one of them because Michelle was in on it too, and I'm going to have to give it to Yule, though, because Yule and I had a relationship from Cook Island. So I thought, even though I didn't vote for him to win, which apparently was a sticking point for Yule, I didn't realize (laughs) that he was still holding on to that because he won the game. So why does he care who I voted for? But anyway, that is neither here nor there. I give the credit to Yule because he could have had it. He was the only one who I knew. He and I talked a lot for the couple of days that we were there together, and I thought that Yule and I really could have worked together and could have done something together, and we could have pulled in Michelle, and I thought we could have gotten rid of Wendell if Yule would have really been with me. But Yule was lying. He wasn't with me. He'd already arranged an alliance with Nick and Wendell from the previous uh, tribe that they were on, and then you saw Michelle and Wendell and Nick had a very strong relationship and alliance. Mm -hmm even afterwards, because they voted out Yule. So if Yule, I would, I've got to give it to Yule, because if Yule would have turned and been on my side, Yule and I and Michelle could have done something cool with Oh, that would have been a great end to the season. Wouldn't <laughs> There's a final I three. Know. <laughs> Uh, what? Just, I'm going to throw a question out here really quickly. Uh, apparently, I just read today you wrote a children's book, and I have uh, uh, a four-year-old and uh, twins who just turned one. They all had their birthday this past week. So oh you know, next year... I guess two part. First, can I can I get a happy birthday greeting for Casper, Remy, and Casey from you? Happy birthday for Casper, Remy, and Casey. And then next year, maybe an autographed book because it's a children's book you wrote. It's a children's book, and it was inspired by my time on the edge of extinction because it's it's about uh, mindfulness. It's a story about mindfulness, compassion, and being a friend for someone who's having a hard time. So it's like me and Ethan and our experience out there on the edge. And there's greeting strategies in the book. So it's a teaching book as well that helps kids when they're feeling overwhelmed or feeling sad to learn to take deep breaths to bring them back into the moment so that they can have build their emotional intelligence. And my daughter, mm-hmm. who is not even two years old, does the breathing practices with me when I read the oh. book to her. And she's, it's not like she's a genius because other kids 
Well, I mean, obviously she's a genius because she was my daughter. But <laughs> other kids are doing it too because parents who bought the book are sending me pictures and videos of their kids doing the breathing. So it just makes wow. me really happy to see all of that. Yeah, and if you want a copy, of course, it's called Own the Otter. If you want to order one, you can order it um, on ownTheOtter.com. And we'll ship it to Australia. We're not afraid to do that. And if you want me to autograph your special, then I can do that for you. I'm happy to. Absolutely. Uh, we're so glad you're able to come on here today. And we're, we're, I think we're all crossing our fingers that you somehow come back in the game and you can be another two-time winner. Um, yes. I do have I do have one comment, which I think uh, a listener comment here, which I think is the most appropriate way to go out on. Eric Corbridge says, so poverty shallow. You may not be the queen, but can't you just be something better like the empress? Because they outrank the queen anyway. So can we just now from this day forward ordain you the empress of Survivor? I would love that. I'll take the title and I will honor it with grace and commitment and devotion to all of you guys because you, like the fans of this season, have made it so much fun. This has been my most fun season to watch because, like, Instagram and because I'm interacting with all the fans from, from like, watching the show. It's super fun. So I will take that title and I will do it justice. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Empress Parvati, thanks so much for being here today. Great. Thank you. And Rossi, what an interview with Parvati. How incredible was that? I don't know. I missed it. Missed it. <laughs> Rossi hasn't heard it yet. <laughs> but just so Rossi's aware, she is now going by Empress Parvati. Uh, so she has usurped uh, Queen Sandra. Oh. She's now the Empress. Uh, not Michelle. Parvati's the Empress, Rossi. No, because Michelle's the second queen. <laughs> uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, we only had a select amount of time with Parvati, so we're going to kind of do a quick recap on the end here in case anybody's wondering about our thoughts on the episode. And uh, let's be honest, <laughs> we can we can probably give a little bit more of an opinion than she can because you know, she can't really speak about a cliffhanger ending and all that. But uh, Rossi, thoughts on the most two recent vote-outs that we had? I've already forgotten. What did we have? Nick and somebody... And Jeremy. Nick and Jer- Jeremy. Oh, see, I'm just so devastated that Jeremy's gone. But uh, Nick and Jeremy, what'd you think of the episodes? What'd you think of the vote outs? I mean, it was like, how long was the episode? Like two, two hours? hours? Well, let's be honest. It was an hour and 40 minutes. And then there was a 20 minute confessional slash teaser trailer for the first challenge next week. Well, it was like an hour and 40 minutes of Queen Michelle dominating <laughs> the entire a whole episode. I don't know if it was two or one episodes, but dominating. So that was amazing. Uh, we lost Jeremy, which was very sad. Mm. And it wasn't too heavy on the Tony, so I was okay. So it was two, or and it's one episode, but one solid episode that I really enjoyed. You say heavy on the Tony, but I mean, even you have to admit at this point, like the game he's playing is extraordinary, especially considering the target that should have been on him. I, mean, I don't know. We've seen other people come back and try to play the low-key game. I mean, Colby did in Heroes vs. Villains. Richard Hatch kind of invented that game. You know, I'm just going to be a completely different person. I'm going to convince people I'm here for fun. You know, I, I know I'm a target. I just want to stretch this as long as possible. He did that to like j- just the last couple of you know weeks and suddenly he's playing like Tony of old and, and it's it's going to get him to the end. I mean, can you at least appreciate the game he's playing? I can really, I really appreciate in Tony and Sarah what they've done with the biggest targets. They've probably had two of the biggest, maybe next to Sandra. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I don't think anyone would defeat that. Like Sandra has the biggest target coming into the season. But I think that like 
Sarah's name came up in those like preseason interviews of who to go first. Mm-hmm. So like the two of them like going undercover, like I mean, pulling a cop metaphor, going undercover completely. Tony switching it up, being super subtle the first like twenty days of the game, like not playing like he would normally, like is impressive. Mm-hmm. I just hate when like he came back to his old self and it was literally like two episodes of he's the only person doing anything and we have to deal with it. I just hate that that is what we get on a winter season that we only have one person controlling. But, but in all fairness, I mean, last week's episode where the advantage was played against him or whatever, I mean, there was no other way around it. That episode was going to be all about whoever it was played against them. I mean, I think that they push for more Tony when they, when they want to. So, (laughs) but they didn't for the first half of the season. So, I mean, I'm happy with that. I I agree with you. I think too much of any one player is too much, but I'm glad that we, you know, at least have this stony, the stony tar stern, Tony star turn here at the end. Uh, And Sarah too, like you mentioned, I mean, and Denise too, like, let's talk really quickly about Denise's strategy of, you know what? I know I'm going home. I just want to go home with a full belly. I mean, brilliant or maybe a little bit too risky considering it almost backfired on her? I don't think it was really ever going to backfire. However, I just think it's a stupid thing to say when you're like three days from the end and the and the last thing that like Nick remembers before going to the jury potentially, like because I don't think he's winning the challenge, mm-hmm. is remembering that Denise said, you know what, guys, I'm kind of done with this game. Like, and so that's not a good impression to leave people of being like, yeah, the game, I'm just kind of done with everything. Like, I, like that proves you don't want to win. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if she says at the final tribal council, which I don't think she's making, but, like, like what would she say? Oh, yeah, that was just a joke. Gotcha. Haha. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just feels, like, defeatist already. Like, she already lost. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it really was strategy on her part. But I, I can see what you're saying. You know, my, my thinking was more along the lines of this was a great way for her to, I guess make Nick scramble a little bit less. You know, if you convince Nick that it's a foregone conclusion, Denise is going home, Nick's not going to try so much. And it's it's a more fun strategy than, you know, Rob's just everybody sit in silence. You know, let's just, you know, downplay anybody's potential strategy. But, you know, especially after having talked to Parvati, where she was saying, you know, particularly on Edge of Extinction, just how many people just were defeated and just done and, and had nothing in them and were, even though they were there, they were just, they've given up already. It actually makes me think now that you said that, that if somebody like Nick goes back there and he says, you know what, Denise, she's pretty much much just given up i mean right there denise could potentially be losing votes having not even realized that on extinction that's what most people were experiencing i think they said it someone said in the game at one point that i think it was sarah like she said at tribal council one time that all the people on edge are dying to get back to the game and then all the people in the game are dying to shut their brain off yeah (laughs) and like like i feel like that was so true with what denise did she's like i just want to shut my brain off not knowing that she potentially alienated 19 people mm-hmm. or 17 people or whatever. Did you think Nick had any shot at winning? Better than Ben. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we sort of said off air and I, Ben and I talked a couple weeks ago and I was saying Nick, Ben and Michelle are my three oh. where it's like no shot at <laughs> the winning ben. the game. <laughs> Different Ben? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were implying better than Ben as in Ben Waterworth would never win Survivor. <laughs> we were both thinking the opposite here. We were like, better than yes. Ben? No, but I was saying Ben, Nick, and Michelle, no shot at winning. You know, I mean, you, you hold out hope for Michelle. And I did say off air, you know, I, I love Michelle as a character now. Like, I would invite her back anytime. 
you know, to play numerous seasons because she's just a blast. To me, her and Adam were basically like the lights of the second half of this season because they're such train wrecks at times, but I love to watch them be a train wreck. But I would put Nick in that category of, you know, not a shot at winning. It seemed like so many people were so nervous of them, though. And it, to me, I don't know if this is a season where they want to go the route of, you know, everybody's going to be almost an equal competition. So let's just have a strong, let's say, final three if it ends up being Denise, Sarah, and Tony. But in any other season Survivor, it feels like, Michelle, Ben, Nick, these are the ones you want to take to the end because it doesn't seem like they have a shot at winning. So why do you think that the target was made, Nick, even though the perception has to be Nick hasn't won enough friends to actually win this game? I don't know. It seems that like the three in my head, what I predict happening is that it's going to be a Tony, Sarah, Ben final three with Tony winning. Um, and the reason that I see them doing that, like the way that they're playing this, is that they were talking a lot about trust and how they haven't played the game with trust before. And they were trying to like shake this image of them that they're these like bad people or these manipulators or something. So that's kind of why I see them like just like, all right, we've got our final three. We've got to lock down. We're going to do this. We're going to say, hey, we were loyal to our word when we had to be. And we locked it down and we kept it solid. So, you know, Nick is the weakest link in terms of the trust that we have because he was more loyal to Michelle in situations than other people and Michelle's target number one right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, normally based on the all-star seasons, like, you know, Amber won all-stars, like yeah. these people that you don't expect to go far do go far. Um, and I guess may- there is times where that breaks. And I feel like we've, this is maybe one of those situations where the people that it just it- make it super deep. Aren't those, to me, it just seems weird that we went back to back because Jeremy's the exact opposite. Jamie, Jeremy was, the target is so big on this guy. Do we want to keep him around? But then it was, the target is so big on him for a reason because he will win this game. And it just feels weird. The same people who are like, we got to get rid of Jeremy because he will beat us. We're like, we got to get rid of Nick for almost seemingly the opposite reason. Like, what about Jeremy? Like, do you think that the thinking was something different with Jeremy? And why do you think that the idea wasn't to keep him as a shield at the end? Like, I, to me, I feel like there are so many shields left in this game, you got to start taking them out, which is why I was surprised with the Nick vote second. I think the one issue you have in the in a game, like at the post-merge, especially when a lot of people are trying to strategize, like, it's not like a, a game of dummies, you know, and you see, you know, Richard Hatch, and then you've got, you know, Jenna and, and Jervis sort of trying to scramble their way around. It's like top dogs. So I think that when you get that, you find that everyone's strategizing and when, once your name is out there, it's not going to be easy to take out. I think that Jeremy had the situation of his name came up a few tribal councils ago. It's going to keep coming up until he's gone. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many people want to hit, like want him there, like Tony sort of wanted him there, sort of needed him there, but like you just can't at a certain point, it's just inevitable that they will go if their name is up that much. And he wasn't really winning immunity, finding advantages. He was just kind of there. So it's hard for him to stay when that stuff keeps happening. Edges, obviously, we got a 20-minute teaser of <laughs> the Edge of Extinction is coming to an end. I mean, I was glad that it was in this episode. Like, would you hate to start the finale and be like, here's everyone, like, they're gearing up. Like, yeah. I feel like this was a good place to put it at the end of this episode. I, my, my only frustration was I knew when the episode ended with 20 minutes ago that there was going to be something. I would have liked to have at least let's get into the challenge and maybe it comes down to a few like that to me that would have been the greatest way to end an episode we get into the challenge maybe we're halfway through the challenge and then they cut 
you know, as opposed to, okay, the challenge is coming, then we get all confessionals. But yeah, I get what you're saying because we've at least eliminated those confessionals for Edge of Extinction, which means when we get into it next week, it's going to be all game. So I, we will get a much fuller finale out of it. And it's not like we're going to the edge and then coming back. Like the edge is no more on the screens visually. Yeah. Like we're not going to have to go to the island. Like it's just out of the mind. Yeah. Do you have a prediction? I guess a, not like it's easy to predict, but do you have a prediction of who could come back? Let's go with who do you think will come back? Who do you want to come back? And do you think anybody actually has a shot at winning? I think there are only three likely potentials to come back. And I think that that's Tyson, Natalie, and loosely, I would say Rob, just because I feel like we've gotten a lot from him. Uh, And those are the three that I see being the most likely. I feel like the story we're getting is this Natalie buildup. Like all season long, it's been this sort of like, I've got to fight hard. I've got to work hard. I've got to get this done. And like, she ends the game with 14 fire tokens like she proved that she worked hard like she's got the story um and like she went quiet when she wasn't there but she came back like she had a consistent story unlike some people like on the edge like ethan who disappeared you know danny's gone adam who's a big character has just disappeared all these people that have faded natalie the first boot is still got that screen time and she's got presence she's not like she's just you know there and being a crazy character she's doing a lot she's playing the game that she can do you have the one that you want to come back? I mean, I'd love Natalie. I would probably say Natalie, A, because I think she's great, and B, she was my preseason winner pick, so <laughs> that would be awesome to have her come back. I mean, my preseason winner pick was Danny, and I think she's pretty much been non-existent, uh, even considering, you know, Edge of Extinction, so there's no shot of that. She got a boost. Uh, she got a boost in the last episode. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I... I thought we're we're finally going to be getting something out of her. I had hopes, but I completely agree with you. Like the edit has been Natalie this whole time, and I'm sure there's a lot more that goes on in Edge that we don't see. But she's the only one who's getting like the hero edit. Like this is the underdog. It's building, and everybody keeps talking about how unbeatable she is. And let's be honest, she also has the advantage of being there the longest time, which technically gives her the most potential for fire tokens and everything. And she's obviously capitalized on it. You know, she had obviously the the moment this week where they said that she. Uh, she had, uh, you know, been on the island the longest, so she knew where, you know, this throne would be and everything. I think it's, to me, clear she's probably the one who will come back. Uh, but if I had a choice, I'm still going to say Adam because I just want Adam to go out there and, I don't know, try to play uh, Jeff Propes as a hidden immunity idol or something like that. Like, he will make it so much fun if he comes back. Uh, if it is Tyson again, you know... I, I feel like this will pretty much put a nail in the coffin. Anything Redemption Island, Edge of Extinction related, because it's just, it, it's not going to amount to anything. And, and you know, I, I feel like that was my disappointment with Tyson coming back the first time. That was all, oh, imagine what Tyson's going to do when he's back in the game. And then he was out again right away. You know, for me, somebody to come back, it sounds weird for everybody who hated the first Edge of Extinction, but I would want a Chris Underwood who's going to go in there, do something completely different, and turn the game on its head, even if they do get voted out right away. Yeah, and we're getting so much because Natalie... The only reason I've brought up Tyson is because he got that idol from Natalie, and Natalie has her own idol. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's potential that there's something going on, like, with him maybe coming back, or maybe it's a showdown between the two of them or something like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up, and especially what the challenge is, because I didn't look at the preview. I just don't want to see any sort of... I just want to be completely, like, in the zone for yeah. the, the finale. So I don't I don't know. So like, who knows what the challenge is and who knows how much these advantages will help or, or not help. 
what are Parvati's shots since she's here with us in spirit Empress. still? Um, <laughs> Empress Parvati, what are her shots? I mean, she's got just a fair shot as anyone who has two fire tokens because there's a few people that have like two fire tokens which will get them an advantage mm-hmm. in the challenge. So, I mean, she's a, a strong competitor, so I don't put her out of it. She was in good shot last time, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not counting her out. Uh, she's been one of the more edited uh, edge people. Yeah. So, like, she's got a better shot than, you know, half the cast. You know, I didn't get a chance to ask her this, but, you know, I was curious about whether or not she had been asked back for seasons prior to this and just turned it down. And, and if this was just... I imagine there's a lot of people, we know that there are a lot of winners who are like, I'm only going to come back if it's an all-winner season. Now that we've had an all-winner season, is it sad to think that some of these people we guaranteed we'll never see again because this is just what they've been waiting for. I mean, yeah, it's sad, but I mean, if you're going to go out on a bang, do it at Winners at War, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm totally okay with this being Parvati, Sandra, Robs, Tyson's, uh, Amber, like all these people that we know so well. Like, I'm okay with it. Even if they were on edge and didn't get a lot of screen time, we got them back after so many years. Like, why not just celebrate the fact that they were here? Instead of be like, oh man, if they were back for another season, like you know, just I, I'm I'm happy with where we're at. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some people like Ethan would be great to see back again on on a normal season with with more more of a shot, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm cool. And let's quickly end this with prediction: Who is going to win? Who do you want to win? We know who you want to win, but just go <laughs> go with it anyways. Who will win, and who do you want to win? Uh, I. I have a very strong feeling that Tony's going to win this, which is crazy. I would have <laughs> not believed you if you if we had talked about this. Pre-season. I don't think anybody would have predicted. I think if you were to have taken everybody's rankings of who has the best shot at winning, Tony would have been at the bottom on almost everybody's rankings. Yeah, so I think that he's in the and like I think he's almost locked for the win at this point. I don't know if there's anything that could happen. I mean crazier things have happened in Survivor, so we'll see. Mm. Um, but my top pick to want to win would be Michelle. And I think that you said that she's like 0% chance up there with Ben and Nick, but I don't agree at all. I think she's actually got one of the better shots of the final six people. Mm, I don't know about that. But but again, I love her as a character. Um, I mean, I just want to say, let me, since we're, I'm only getting 10 minutes to talk, to period. <laughs> I'm just going to spend... We're at like 17 right now, so just go for it. (laughs) I think getting underdog story, I think that there was a lot of times where she was in a really good position. I think that she lost the game post-merge in terms of everyone sort of scrambling and getting lost. I think there were a lot of times where she was in a good spot and she really did have control of the game. She was with a lot of people. And I think that, yes, she lost her way along the way and... Tony emergence came but I think that she's still got a good shot she's hardly got any votes cast against her people still wanted to work with her despite the fact she was in the minority this is the only episode where she was really a target to go and I think about like what she did in this episode she played her 50-50 coin yeah and negated votes like in front of the jury despite the fact that's a a stupid twist (laughs) but it worked in her favor, and she won immunity when she needed to. I think that there's a more of a shot than Ben or Denise. I think that out of the five left, she's like maybe third best to win. So, 
I would put her behind Denise. I would put her above Ben, but I, I, I will just say for somebody who set out to prove that she wasn't an unworthy winner, which again, I stand by my opinion of her original season, just in the terms that I don't think that the edit was what the audience needed. I feel like they tried to go for a surprise with the edit and the audience missed out, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, it, it ends up on her, but more than anything, she's at least proved, you know, she deserves to hang with the rest of the winners. Um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Tony and Sarah uh, are my top two choices on both who will and who I want to win. But I'll cross my fingers for Adam to come back and somehow pull off the comeback of the century. Uh, we should tease. We have something big planned for next week. I won't tell you what it is because it's not 100% Sandra? confirmed. It's not Sandra. It's not Parvati either. No. Um, Rob? But an interesting panel we have an interesting panel we might be putting together uh but people should keep an eye out on social media because uh i'm hoping in a couple of days we'll be able to release what it is but it, it's gonna be There's another stinking thing with billy it's not billy <laughs> it will be one of the most interesting recaps i think we will ever we have ever done and probably will ever do so if all comes through uh it's great if you're tuning in next week and we are talking to Rossi and Jared and Ivan, you know that the plans fell through. No offense, Rossi, Jared, and Ivan. <laughs> if you're listening to just Ben talk, then you know plans really fell through. Uh, but stay tuned. Something exciting could be coming. Uh, Rossi, thank you for giving us your thoughts on this episode. And thank you again to Empress Parvati. And uh, future Queen Michelle. <laughs> future Queen Michelle. All right. Uh, stay tuned for more Total Drama Island that we're going to have coming up uh Beginning of next week, and we are into our end of the world month now. You just heard Outbreak, and next up is going to be the day after tomorrow, which is going to be a ridiculous recap. If you have the time, even if you have to break up into shifts, this is one episode you have to listen to. Maybe one of our most insane recaps we've ever done for the uh, Roland Emmerich movie, The Day After Tomorrow, and then Survivor, more coming next week. That'll be, the, that'll, that'll be our headlining act, whatever we have next week. If it ends up being Rossi and Jared and myself and Ivan... It's still the headlining act. So thank you for tuning in and Michelle, 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 Michelle. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.